Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to Lauren's podcast. Tonight is Wednesday, April 4th, 2018. Uh, before we begin, let's just uh, go over quickly that if you've called in, you've noticed your phone is now muted. Uh, all callers are muted. The chat room does remain open so you can chat among yourself. Whenever I'm doing interviews, personal commentary, testimonies, uh, I never interact with callers nor chatters. I don't like to be distracted. However, at the comment, if you've called in, all you have to do is start eight on your phone. I'll open you up for questions and answers. Uh, if you're in the chat, go ahead and uh, make sure you put a question mark so I know you want to you want a question answered or to get my attention. I do try to look between both, of course, when we're in the mode of questions and answers. Uh, announcements. Uh, we're going to have a really exciting show this Saturday. Everyone listen in. We're going to have a panel of Angel, the moderators Neil and Frank Allen will join myself, and we're going to be going in deeper to this Henry K. Puharich. This guy is something else. Uh, rather, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. He's been very covertly hidden, as well as his uh, research, conveniently, I might add, conveniently. So we're going to discover that, uh, as always, with the New Jack-style TI podcast. We um, are trying to keep our information progressive, cutting edge. Uh, we think, and we very much like that we think. Okay, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get the show on the road, guys. Okay, let's get it going. Yeah, you're at the right place. This is Lauren's podcast. Welcome. It's Wednesday night, April 4th, 2018. Uh huh, I'm picking up the mic. New Jack style targeted individuals. We're from the mega cities. We walk fast, we've got the swag. And we're nobody's fool. Always cutting edge, progressive topics, trying to expose this targeting individual heinous program. We search high and low for new information and bring it all the way down to the people. We understand very clear it is us against them. My calls focus on spirituality, intellectuality, and philosophical purposes. What can I say? I use my brain, as I'm sure the rest of you do, that have called in tonight. Without further ado, Henry K. Puharich, inventor, parapsychology, as they say. This guy was a bit of a mystery, and he's hidden a little too well for us New Jack-targeted individuals. Let's get in deeper about this guy. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. I will be tonight your moderator as well as narrator. Part three, Henry Poorich. Uh, last Saturday evening, I did remember, we ended on page 33. Usually the calls get uploaded roughly within an hour after we commence. So if you have internet capability, it's good to go ahead and go over it. You may want to listen carefully. Those of you who don't, um, I would suggest getting you know a little pad and pen. You might want to write down um, names, dates, information that, of course, I 
encourage you to do your research. Okay? So, 1952, the birth of electromagnetic mind control. In the interim, Puharich, never one to be idle, and who have received a $100,000 research grant to do so-called psychic research on Mrs. Eileen Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T, conducted a successful three-month experimentation with her and a Faraday cage. Whereas the experiment was said to be of a psychic nature, we know from the previous chapter that the Round Table Foundation, although tooted as a private paranormal research center, was simply a front for intelligence activities and moreover the development of V2K. By the same deductive reasoning, Mrs. Garrett, who was a natural and supposedly gifted psychic and a medium as well, was also a V2K victim, although not all right, although not an outright voice to skull victim, such as the ones in Bellevue. Remember everyone, Bellevue was the county hospital that's in Gotham, New York City. <clears throat> as somewhat of a volunteer, she was subjected to a milder form of V2K by Puharich that closely mimics a psychic outcome. Rather than a clairvoyant or voice hearing outcome, psychic outcome, okay? It can be said that Puharich needed to maintain a veneer of respectability and civil civil civility in his operations conducted under the auspicious of being a civilian. Throughout his working life, he was very careful to associate most exclusively with psychics, mediums, clairvoyants, and the like behind whom he could hide the presence of the V2K invention. But the same cannot be said for Puharich in a military capacity. In terms of the military-industrial complex, Puharich was a tough, experienced, and ruthless team player and a team leader when called upon to lead. And so it came to pass that in 1952, the experimentation with Mrs. Eileen Garrett attracted, according to Beth Hermans, that's Puharich's second wife and also the writer of his biography, titled Memories of a Maverick. Puharich gained the attention of the U.S. and French military who sent high-ranking emissaries, a colonel and a general, respectively, no less to Warrington. This is where Puharich set up his, you know, team of 12 assistants, his shindigs. Wanting to know what the excitement expressed by Puharich was all about. And on account of the meeting between Puharich, Colonel Jack St. 
Stanley, S-T-A-N-L-E-Y, and General J.C. Sauzy. First name is literally J.C. J is in Jupiter, C is in Charlie. Sauzy, S is in Sam, A-U-Z-E-Y. In August 1952, Coolidge was ordered to present his new data, own research and research collaborations with doctors Rosen, McCulloch, and Tibbetts, etc., on telepathy to none other than the chief of psychological warfare of the U.S. military. Targeted individuals are to note the fact with the respect and sobriety that it deserves that Puharich was about to submit the V2K invention as described in the previous chapter to the chief of psychological warfare to be used as a possible psychological warfare invention. The meeting took place at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., on November 24, 1952. At the meeting, Puharich presented a paper called An Evaluation of the Possible Usefulness of Extrasensory Perception in Psychological Warfare. But the worst was yet to come. What follows is an exposition of the documented future of not only B2K, but electronic mind control in general that makes essential reading for targeted individuals in their quest to understand the topic of electronic harassment and B2K mind control, both past and present. Targeted individuals should take heed of the fact that a list of major electromagnetic mind control projects is in existence. The list has been published over and over on the Internet by concerned citizens in the interest of exposing U.S. government human rights abuses that have swept the world for decades. These concerned citizens are not generally targeted individuals. They are concerned with issues broader than just the V2K that concerns us here. As websites are known to come and go, I have copied the list below for posterity and ease of reference. Let's start with the the year of 1952. Project Moonstruck. Electronic implants in the brain and teeth. Targeting long range. Implanted during surgery or during abduction. Frequency range HF-ELF transceiver implants. The purpose, tracking, mind and behavior control, conditioning, program, covert operations. Functional basis, electronic stimulation of the brain, ESP. 1953, another CIA project. We should all know this one, Project MKUltra, 1953. What's going on with that one is drugs, electronics, and electroshock. The targeting, however, is short range. The frequencies 
are VHF, HF, UHF, and modulated at ELF. Transmission and Reception Local Production. The purpose? Programming behavior. Creation of cyborg mentalities. The effect? Narcoleptic trance. Programming by suggestion. Subprojects many. Pseudonym. Oh, a pseudonym for MK Ultra is Project Artichoke. The functional basis? Electronic dissolution of memory. That's E-D-O-M is what it stands for, Electronic Dissolution of Memory. Nineteen sixty Project Delta, Fine-Tuned Electromagnetic Subliminal Programming. The targeting is long range. The frequencies are VHF, HF, UHF, modulated at ELF. Transmission and Reception. Television antenna, radio antenna, power lines, mattress spring coils, modulated on a 60 hertz wiring. The purpose, programming behavior and attitudes in general population. What are the effects? Fatigue, mood swings, behavior dysfunction, and social criminality. The pseudonym, deep sleep. I believe 1983, we've all heard of this as well. The Phoenix 2, 1983, USAF, that's the United States Air Force, and NSA, National Security Agency. The Phoenix 2, the location was Montauk, Long Island. Electronic, multi-directional targeting of select population groups. The targeting is medium range. The frequencies, radar, microwaves, EHF and UHF modulated. Power, gigawatt through terawatt. The purpose, loading of earth grids, planetary cyanobule science to starve off geological activity, specific point earthquake creation, population programming for sensitized individual. The pseudonym under Phoenix 2 was the Rainbow or Zap. Why don't we go to something um, the most current that is on this. It's Project Clean Sweep, 1997-1998, CIA, NSA, and ONR. Electromagnetic Resonant Induction and Mass Population Control. The location, nationwide. Frequencies, emotional wavelengths, data gathering through helicopter probes following media events. Rebroadcast in order to re-stimulate population emotional levels for recreation of event scenarios. There's a reference number of LE number 108, March 1998. Potential mass behavior modification. Power unknown, possibly rebroadcast through GWIN network or cellular power frequencies, coordinated from NBS in Colorado. 
As we can see from the above list, there are no less than 10 electromagnetic mind control programs that have been developed by the U.S. government over the years. Many of them were notarized under the auspicious of the Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, some under the United States Air Force, that's the USAF, the National Security Agencies, NSA. Oh, and here, the Office of Naval Research, that is the ONR. Given the reality of mind control at community level, it disturbs me to have to ask why civilized government organizations such as the Air Force and Navy would have a need for mind control capabilities. But that is not the reason for publishing the electromagnetic mind control list. Primarily, it is to identify the electromagnetic mind control program associated with B2K. Those who have read the list carefully will identify Project Moonstruck, the major electromagnetic mind control program of 1952, as the B2K invention of Dr. Henry K. Puharich. Let's take another crucial look at the entry to satisfy ourselves that Puharich's invention and Project Moonstruck are one and the same. To be honest, it is devastating to realize with dawning comprehension and a crushed spirit that the V2K in electronic harassment experienced by so many targeted individuals today is actually Project Moonstruck, a bona fide mind control program of the mighty U.S. government. But devastation aside, there are several important things that need to be noted about Project Moonstruck and the circumstances surrounding its entry as a major electromagnetic mind control program. The first is the written confirmation. In the entry itself of the involvement of Puharich's tooth fraud, which we already know is code for the dormant facial hearing system, inclusive of the dental nervous system. The second is the use of the word implants in the entry, which we know is the vernacular as K in Puharich patents as solid state and in modern V2K operations as R-P-E-C-V-D. Uh, let's go, we'll go, back, go over that when I open up the calls, but I do believe R-P-E-C-V-D is remote plasma enhanced chemical vapor dis- deep deposition. The third thing that needs to be taken into account is the name of the program, Project Moonstruck. The actual name is significant and I dare say familiar. So let's take a Take a look at the word moonstruck. Um, from there, she's quoted as going to the freedictionary.com. Moonstruck, number one, dazed or distracted with romantic sentiment, 
Number two, mentally deranged, crazy. As you can see, the word has two meanings. The first meaning is basically love struck, which does not concern us here. Safe to say the perpetrators are in love with the V2K mind control invention for the obvious reason of enjoying godlike control and empowerment over a victim. But it is the second definition that is pertinent to the targeted individuals. Moonstruck describes a person who is mentally deranged or crazy. It refers to the manner in which targeted individuals under the influence of V2K mind control are portrayed or perceived as crazy and deranged. The original creators and inventors who named the program Project Moonstruck knew this fact. The CIA keeper of the entry knew this just like the perpetrators know it right now. The naming convention of Project Moonstruck thus has to do with the sentiment of the intelligence entities surrounding the central invention. I refer specifically to the utterance made by Warren S. McCulloch, in which his resident intelligence agency, military intelligence, would use implanted electrodes to beget fancy. We know from the previous chapter that the term fancy was used in the 1940s psychiatry to express the concept of madness. It is disgusting in the extreme that the U.S. government would proactively produce a form of synthetic institutionalized madness, give it a suitable name, and then regulate afflicted individuals as psychiatric basket cases with no further recourse. Refugees of a psychiatric garbage dumpster. And yet, that is not all that there is to be said about this nasty invention. It is to be noted that Project Moonstruck was founded in 1952, the same year in which Henry K. Puharich handed over the V2K invention to the Chief of Psychological Warfare of the Pentagon. In the handing over from Puharich to the U.S. government, the V2K invention would become the first of the major electromagnetic mind control programs a psychological warfare invention of an institutionalized type with unimaginable consequences for the individual under targeting. Now, if I am not mistaken, targeted individuals know, appreciate, and understand the term psychological warfare in their day-to-day living arrangements after it came to be that psychological warfare suddenly and unexpectedly showed up at their house one day to visit and then failed to leave. Furthermore, the invention visited them in a civilian setting, in a so-called time of peace, to be clear. Targeted individuals experience the obstructive presence of psychological warfare in peacetime in a civilian setting, which is even more extreme, disturbing, 
or destructive than psychological warfare during recognized wartime. The reasons for this is that when everyone is experiencing a war, everyone understands. But when one person alone is experiencing wartime during peace, no one understands. Effectively isolating or denying the target who is constantly at war with an unseen V2K force that specializes in hyper-effective, ruthless psychological warfare of a military grade. Hey everyone, we're going to uh, break this up a little bit. I want to make sure everyone is um, following where we're going with this. Okay, I went off board for a minute, so I will continue. Okay, the Roundtable Foundation, the Council of Nine. Our story continues with a party of social organized by Henry K. Puharich's old friend and psychic medium, Eileen Garrett. Mrs. Garrett threw a party so that Puharich, ever the central figure in our hair-raising story could meet one of her patrons. It was at this party, hosted on the 3rd of December, 1951, that Pugarich first met Dr. D.G. Vinod, a Hindu scholar. Dr. D's and David, G's and George, Vinod, V's and Victor, I-N-O-D. Unfortunately for Vinod, he and Poorich got around to chatting, at which time Poorich learned that Bidad was a professor of uh, philosophy and psychology at the University of Pune, India, who was in the United States lecturing on behalf of the Rotary Club International. We know already that Puharich made his way from Maine to New York City to pursue his dodgy dealings, and it was on a train trip to New York on February 14, 1952, that Puharich and Vidat met again by chance. They got together two days later at a hotel in New York, where Vidat, a psychic and medium, read Puharich's past and future. Puharich was impressed and asked Binod if he would go to Glen Cove to participate in an experimentation. Having agreed to the experimentation, Binod went to Maine 10 months later to visit the Round Table Foundation at Puharich's estate in Warrington. So, on December 31, 1952, Binod entered the Great Hall of Warrington, at which time a curious thing happened. According to Bip Herman, that's Puharich's second wife, Vinod, without removing his overcoat or greeting anyone present, walked directly to the library as though he had been inside the estate before. He took a seat on a sofa and immediately fell into a trance. 
Then at precisely 9 p.m., he started talking or what people in the parapsychological community call channeling an important entity by the name of M, literally M is in Mary, M calling, we are nine principles and forces, personalities, if you will, working in complete mutual implication. We are forces and the nature of our work is to accentuate the positive, the evolutional, and the technological aspects of existence. By teleological, I do not mean the teleological of human derivation and multidimensional concept of existence. To be simple, we accentuate certain directions as will fulfill the destiny of creation. We propose to work with you in some essential respects with the relation of contradiction. We shall negate and revise part of your work, by which I mean the work as presented by you. The point is that we want to begin altogether at a different dimension. Though it is true that your work has itself led up to this, I deeply appreciate your dedication uh, to a great cause of peace. Peace is not warrantless. Peace is the integral footage of personality. We have designed to utilize you and thus to fulfill you. Peace is a process and will be revealed only progressively. You have it in plenty. I mean the patience that is deeply needed in this magnificent adventure. But today, at the moment of our advent, the most eventful and spectacular phase of your work begins. By the time Vinod spoke the above pronouncement, there was no doubt a moderate gathering of people who worked and lived at Warrington in attendance, including Pugarich. Pugarich listened to M. Drew Vidod and said, it is helpful to have your guidance after Rich Vidod continued channeling M for around 90 minutes to the astonishment, no doubt, of Pugarich's audience. And thus, the story of the Nine or the Council of Nine began. According to the story obtained from historical research, the Council of Nine is a group of nine dis, disembodied non-human intelligences acting and speaking in consciousness to the human race. They go as far as revealing themselves as nine deities, as gods, of Egypt with a vested interest in the future good of humanity. The nine were not only a major channeling force to be reckoned with, but were and still are in certain circles, worshipped as extraterrestrial gods. Their teachings are considered a harbinger of or a, an early manifest, manifestation of the so-called New Age movement that became popular in the 1960s. Uh, much has 
been written about the Nine, their robust debut with Dr. Vinod, and their absolute influence on already influential people in their own right, such as politicians and billionaires within the community. One only needs to Google the Nine or the Council of Nine to see what all the excitement around these gods was and still about to this very day. Basically, the concept of the Nine is based on information or topics that were obtained by Puharich from a historical genre called Forbidden History or Forbidden Knowledge. Tracks of history that are said to be contrary to what we have been taught in mainstream history, courtesy of living under an allegedly prevailing worldwide totalitarian system. It is furthermore to be said that the topic of forbidden history and knowledge, naming the allegation that information of a esoteric Nature is being withheld from contemporary humans in a bid to discourage knowledge of an overlord system has gained traction in the 21st century through authors such as David Icke and other conspiracy theory type authors. However, it must be understood with singularity that the Radiohead Protocol does not concern itself with forbidden history, except within the context of Puharich, using the mammoth topic of forbidden knowledge to embellish and underpin the proceeds of its V2K invention. One only needs to read books such as The Stargate Conspiracy by authors Picknett and Prince, to appreciate the unwildly scope and scale of the topic. And thus, it is to be understood that Puharich stole or annexed portions of forbidden history in a bid to hide his V2K invention in plain sight. Hence, the hijacking of the myths and legends of a particular portion of history referred to by Picknett and Prince. So let's go back to the actual story expounded by Dr. Vidod while in a trance. Consider the way in which the disembodied intelligence, M, spoke. The rhetoric is what, is what can only be described as gobbledygook and a bunch of nonsense. Phrases such as teleology will be understood in terms of a different ontology, and peace is the integral fruitage of personality. Well, wait a minute. Let me go back over that, guys. Phrases such as teleology will be understood in terms of a different ontology, and peace is the integral fruitage of personality, etc., are the product of Dr. Vidal's Fancy, begotten by Puharich in a debut round of V2K mind control. The utterances made by Dr. Vidal were particularly technical, 
as one would expect from a professor of psychology and partially scrambled and garbled, which for the benefit of historical researches is a clear indicator of the hidden presence of V2K mind control. In this day and age, contemporary editors would describe the transcript of Dr. Vidal's channeling of M as wordy or containing wordiness, which basically means that a lot of words were being used to cover for flimsy or batshit, which means completely mad and crazy, content that never really comes to the point. It's clear in retrospect that Dr. Vidal's utterances were bizarre, a mixture of science and insanity that ultimately amounts to garbage talk, which in Vidal's case paraded itself as godhood, some kind of ancient wisdom or the forbidden history already mentioned. Pulerich, who had arranged Dr. Vidal's V2K debut was at Warrington to observe the Hindu professor. So what did Puharich want? Puharich wanted to see how Dr. Vidal behaved in a civilian setting. He wanted to know if the feedback was doing its job effectively, interacting correctly with the K on Dr. Vinod's facial nervous system. So in other words, it wasn't so much the message that Puharich was interested in, but indeed the delivery of the message by means of V2K, the method of delivery. And because Vinod was known to be psychic, it would appear as though he was organically channeling this group of entities the nine, when in actual fact, Dr. Vidat started to talk at 9 p.m. exactly, having been placed on a timer pre-programmed by Puharich, the man himself. Note how Puharich said, it is helpful to have your guidance to the entity of M. Note that Puharich was present and officiating ever making himself available at the very center of the action. To the casual observer, it might look like Vidad was the center of attention, but Puharich, the grand puppet master of minds, was silently commanding the attention from the sideline and reveling, I dare say, in his role of secret mind controller in the midst of an excited ensemble. According to Bep Hermans, Puharich's second wife, Puharich and eight attendants worked with Vidat for around a month until the end of January 1953. Then, on the 26th of February 1953, an event of great significance to targeted individuals occurred. Puharich, the civilian, was recalled to the ranks of the military. He was sworn in as a captain of the medical corps at the Army Chemical Center in Edgewood, Maryland. Headquarters for research into chemical, radiological, and bacteriological 
warfare of the U.S. military. According to the book, The Stargate Conspiracy, the order for Puharich's redrafting into the military came the day after he was briefed at the Pentagon on November 24, 1952. Hmm. The reappointment clearly ratified Puharich's position within military intelligence. He had attained the rank of captain and was deployed to a warfare division in the military. We know already that Puharich was familiar with the non-commercial aspects of radio usage shown to him by Dr. Tibbetts. Indeed, we also know that he was adept, adept at chemistry, having practiced an early form of chemical vapor deposition, CVD, on the two V2K victims at Bellevue, Eileen Garrett and Dr. Vinod, although this is not all evident in popular narrative. To the likes of an innocent like Beth Hermans, Puharich's second wife, Puharich moved to the Army Chemical Center was an important and logical step in his career trajectory, even though she knew that he had already avoided compulsory military service years before by obtaining a medical discharge due to his middle ear infection. Okay. I'm off the script right now. I'm not reading it. I um, want to mark that, everyone. Why is this guy going back in? He's almost like he's offered some a, a nice. He's offered something really nice after selling that B2K. You no know, meeting with them, shall we say? November of 1952. So 53. He's going back in. Hmm. It stands to reason that Puharich a radiological and chemical expert, was at the Army Chemical Center for a specific reason. Called up as captain, but technically known as the chief of outpatient department of the post-dispensary, that's weird too. Plainly speaking, I cannot imagine Puharich having much to do with pedestrian matters, such as military outpatients and prescriptions in a medical dispensary. After all, he was a ruthless, pioneering mind controller. So let's look at three scenarios in order to determine what Puharich was doing at Edgewood and the cover stories told to conceal his real purpose at the Army base. Scenario one, Poor Rich was run-of-the-mill Army doctor who treated people such as the wives of military servicemen, etc., much as a general practitioner would do. Indeed, he described himself as being an Army GP in his book, The Sacred Mushroom. It's worth noting here that Pignett and Prince, they're the authors of the Stargate Conspiracy, reject the notion that Puharich was a military medical GP at Edgewood, as I do. Okay, scenario number two. It is now known after the Freedom of Information Act, FOIA, 
came into effect that there was classified human experimentation going on at Edgewood between 1948 and 1975, inclusive of the time of Hoover Richard's military redrafting, so he's redrafted, in 1953. According to the Wikipedia entry online, the Edgewood Arsenal Human Experiments was familiar to, but not to be confused with, MKUltra. But it is my major suspicion as an investigator in the third and final theoretical scenario that Pugovich, in accordance with the Pentagon's redrafting of him into the military after he briefed the chief of psychological warfare, was in all probability at Edgewood to perfect or tweak the intellectuality ugly V2K invention into a psychological psychological warfare invention. Thus, you can see that there have been two robust layers of cover provided to Pugovich's presence at Edgewood. Firstly, first, that he was a military-based doctor of no significant consequence. The second being, he was working on the Edgewood Arsenal Human Experiments, a now-forgiven project that has long since been declassified and openly discussed in U.S. Congress in the interest of brokering greater transparency between the alphabet agencies and the community. Two things come to mind regarding Edgewood. The first is that Congress has never debated V2K, in terms of discussing the Edgewood Arsenal human experiments, but not the psychological warfare version of V2K produced there called Project Moonstruck, Congress has essentially debated the peas, but not the steak. Very good pun. The second thing about Edgewood is that it was also the center for bacteriological warfare, bacteriological warfare. Some targeted individuals have speculated on the Internet that there is a viral or bacteriological aspect to V2K or electronic harassment. And this could very well be true, given that Edgewood also had a bacteriological focus of or interest. It was during this tour of duty that Pugovich returned to his estate, Warrington, and the Roundtable Foundation for a momentous occasion, the occasion about to be revealed in all its fanfare, was the final setting of Dr. Vidod channeling M the disembodied intelligence representing the nine, a regal occasion that demanded a great deal of ceremony. So it came to pass on June 27, 1953, that that all members of the round table, a circle of nine people led by Pugarich, gathered to listen to Vida channeling M of the nine for the last time. 
Two of the nine people present were a philosopher and inventor, Arthur M. Young, and his wife, Ruth. Another member present was Alice Bouveri, daughter of the powerful and wealthy Astor family and descendant of John Jacob Astor, uh, a family known as one of the 13 bloodline families of the Illuminati. Also present was Marcella DuPont um, of the DuPonts, another wealthy family of Illuminati bloodline, prompting Picnet and Prince uh, to write that the excitement surrounding the nine was percolating through the upper echelons of American society. Okay. It was at this final setting uh, that the nine, through Dr. Vidor, said, God, okay, it was at the final setting that the nine, through Dr. Vidor, said, God is nobody else than we together. The nine principles of God. There is no God other than what we are together. In response to the nine, Puharich is recorded as having said, according to the book, The Stargate Conspiracy, that the nine are directly related to man's concept of God, and the controllers of the universe operate under the direction of the nine. But I would like to take a look at what Puharich was actually saying with these two statements. The first statement that the nine was directly related to man's concept of God is a reference to the manner in which the V2K invention works. Picnic and Prince, who described Puharich as having a disturbing talent for creating belief systems, would be absolutely correct in saying so. The K um, that oppresses the facial nervous system in V2K victim impairs not only reason and logic, but belief structures of a primitive brain. The encased nerves are then hijacked by the feedback and and once subjugating the victim's belief system and imposing a new one in the very act of mind control. So actually, Puleridge both tore down, deconstructed belief systems and created, constructed alternative belief systems using V2K. The second statement, namely that the controllers of the universe operate under the direction of the nine, is mind-controlled double talk uttered by Puleridge that when interpreted as such, would simply read, the nine operate under the direction of the mind controllers of the universe. Last, Dr. Vidal soon left the United States, packing his bags for good and possibly realizing that something was amiss at the Roundtable Foundation and with Puharich, predatory host of Warrington, and went back to India, never to be seen again. His career, or at least any prospect of his career advancement within the United States, was to be over, a fact that should be noted by current targeted individuals, all of whom struggle with a lack of advancement on a great many levels. But 
That was not the end of the story. The nine were to reemerge many years later in other channelings, as I will discuss later. You guys, we're going to um, break it open a little bit right now and take a break because um, I've noticed a little bit too much um, constant reading. I want to make sure we're kind of understanding it um, to break the uh, a little bit. This Saturday is the 7th of April at 9 o'clock. Uh, it has been uh, confirmed that we're going to be talking about Puha Rich, Puha Heart. Okay. Anyway, he on B2K, he did a series of not one, but eight patents. Okay. And we're, we're going to have a panel talking about him. It will be um, a lot of you guys know Angel from the uh, East Coast. He comes in on the call occasionally. And also uh, fellow moderators, Neil and uh, Frank Allen, are going to join too. Um, bringing this more to light and the purpose of really having the call, one thing, uh, Angel purchased the ebook of the Radiohead Protocol. So we, him and I have already conversed off of the lines about our um, interpretation of all this, of this material. Um, I think I mentioned a few years, uh, excuse me, not a few years, a few months back with Neil, who actually had a copy of her first ebook, which is The Seven Keys of V2K. So I thought considered Neil. Frank Allen's called. He will discuss um, remote neuron monitoring and V2K on his calls. The the reason being, um, please bring your notebooks, um, much information to share, and we're going to try to you know get this information out to um, a lot of uh, TIs in the community, especially those that suffer V2K and those that are curiosity to know what it is and a new slant, uh, new eyes on some new information that I know my sister's victim of this horrendous crime, Constant Voices, that I just felt uh, the information presented to me in the past four years is I just could not sink my teeth into it. And the truth is it never answered simple questions that I had. I'm overall... Uh, a very common sense woman. I don't have to have my theories all up in the heavens and skies. And although that could be interesting, that's really not me. I never felt I was getting simplistic answers. Um, You know, satellites track you. How do they track you? Because if that's the case, everybody would have voices in their head. I mean, when does the satellite make the distinction, who it will target, who it won't? I always felt there was some type of, um, yeah, some kind of, something was planet in order to, the bond, in order for them to talk and do this. For God's sakes, they wouldn't say, B2K sufferers, uh, the voices are nonstop, guys. It's almost like something has to be inside for these people, to, and they know it, to harass you like that. Come on, we all get a little bored. If they could randomly, the whole population is V2K, um, they would then skip from one person to everyone. You know what I mean? It's never a boring moment. It's like the ones that have this, whatever this property is, and I, her uh, ideal of it is K. We all already know, going back in our notes, that K is a coupling coefficient, so what do you call it, psychic, uh, psych, scientific term. The V2, I want you guys to study on your own time and look up the 12 nerves, the 12 cranium nerves, to be exact. 
So if it's written as Roman numerals, V2, V117, that would be your facial dormant system. And I didn't know that these oppress the nerves. But I did notice some things, you, if you guys are ever, those of you listening that have V2K, it's as if the, the face is kind of frozen. You know, when I think about it, I look at my sister, something's like, yeah, it's kind of frozen almost. So at this time, does anyone have any questions or comments? Go ahead and start eight. <clears throat> any questions for um, further, if any of you guys have further information that you're gathering? Where do you find your information? Um, I feel a lot of the calls are now being generated um, more support and general calls, so they're not really going to get too specific unless... I don't know, unless we luck out and maybe get a speaker. But I don't think I've heard of a speaker really breaking down V2K to me, you know what I mean, in the four years. I know there's books out there for different things, but all the books aren't really hitting on the who, what, where, when, how, you know. So I wanted a more common-sense approach. And something about this always has bothered me, which we'll discuss even further Saturday. Why, why is this ebook author so covert, hidden. It's almost like they're squashing her from finding her on the net. Why is Project Moonstruck the first of it? Why is that so secretive? For that matter, why is Puharich so secretive? Um, he's a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, so his paranormal clairvoyant, uh, he experimented maybe with LSD or mushrooms. Anyway, a filmmaker to just the past few months, January of 2018, is doing a film on Puha Rich. It just gets sweeter and sweeter, doesn't it? Anyway, this guy, the man's name who's, um, let me give you that right now. And if you look at YouTube, his name is Greg Malazzi. Greg, M-A-L-L-O-Z-Z. He is doing, uh, a filmmaker, and he's going to do a film on Angela, Andrea. Rich. So that's also progressive and new. Um, they're definitely just going to bring out about the, um, the guys known in the late 60s working with mushrooms or something like that. We all know that Pooha Rich died in 1995. He was born in 1918, so it was about 73, 74. Um, still rather secretive. The, in fact, all the information is rather secretive. That began to bother me. All I know is when I hear my sister scream out or she gets burns and I don't want to know how they incorporate the burns and she still has to hear the nasty voices. As we're continuing down 2018, <coughs> we're not only trying to go down the rabbit hole, we're trying to get concrete information on precise topics that they want. As a community of TIs, there's a lot of switch and bait of a lot of topics being switched. We all need to get something straight. Part of mind control or or even our enemies is to always switch the topic. Don't, um, we have to stay on track. We can get to other things when we can, but we want to keep task at hand, which will keep us on the right track. When we have open calls, we can talk about then open discussions. 
Many of you that are listening that suffer from voice to skull or just want more information, without a doubt, it is, it is, um, yeah, it's really a little too hidden for my taste. It's as if he's, you know, this guy made some kind of pact with the military because they're hiding him out even on our internet. It's you can pick up and read briefly her latest ebook on smashwords.com. She gives you an option to read, I think, the first two chapters of the ebook free. Uh, it was just uh, out, I believe, February 2017. I think she copyrighted it in 2016. So, what we are reading is cur- it's pretty current. You know, um, I just would like to see uh, more of an upgrade uh, in within the TI community. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to give this program the perps, uh, the puppet masters, a real run for their money. Um, it's easy for them to feel like God when they feel that there are so many steps ahead of us. I know that we are we are subjugated to a lot of torture, and isolation. I do understand that. You know, but what else can I say? I'm a sore loser. What else can I say? I don't like them being that ahead of me. I feel that they're socially engineering the information that we do lock up. Uh Repeating the same old things. uh, Stubborn and closed to new information. As I just read just the abstract, and I'm sure many of you can read it yourself, my sister and I aren't victims of MK Ultra. It's short range. It uses a lot of drugs, hypnotic suggestions. No, but, but my sister is subjected to Project Moonstruck. She really is. So even getting into patents at first, just even read the abstract. We'll go in deeper this Saturday because as you read closer, you will see what a piece of shit this guy is that he conveniently lies when he has to to cover what he needs to do. You know, he thought it was rather clever. You know what I'm saying? The more and more I learn about him, the more and more I don't like him at all. And I'm gonna, I feel he's, he's the one. Everything around him, he's a little too protected from his work to what he was really about to the information, you know. And he left this world dead, and people just think he was uh, into the drug mushrooms and stuff, not knowing the other side. So, are there any other questions or comments? We're gonna um, we're gonna cease reading. I'm a little tired tonight, and those of you that have questions can ask. I will try to tell the other moderators myself and spread the word those people that, especially those of you listening or know someone in the community that does suffer from V2K, to try to come to the podcast, get some information, do their own research, and figure out how we can um, beat this thing. I like her or him, I don't know what gender, for one reason, giving me clear direction of how V2K, the invention military grade, comes in to the communities. She's giving me a, a, a parallel, exactly what it is, how it can be laid out, very easily done. And it saddens me that 
all this research and PhDs have not given me a clear direction. I don't want to do, I don't want to dwell on it too long. Perhaps innocently they didn't know, or perhaps more covertly they didn't want to tell us. We must take in the option that this is fueled with a lot of money that can buy out a lot of loyalty, both intra and intro into the community. You know what I'm saying? So if it's to their advantage, you know, the oldest saying in the book, you never educate your prey. If we have the right information, we would be more, of course, or a force to be reckoned with, freeing ourselves from the uh, bondage of V2K. You know what I'm saying? And if this is true, getting on the grid, expressing what it is, and and putting it out there. You know, I feel in this area just enough is discussed, but no real remedy. Again, until this book, remedy. You can understand what something is. You can just understand how to fight it. And as I'm gaining knowledge about this, there ain't no alien abduction. Jose Delgado was just, you know, just a little feeler out there, a cover for him. They said they were close friends. So he's going to toy a little bit with the electrodes and the bull. It still keeps Pujarich pretty, you know, snug as a buck, so to speak. And in essence, by his invention, keeping other people that were probed, not look at it, just be satisfied with Jose Delgado. Same thing about, you know, Duncan Hill and all of them. I, I don't know. But I know one thing, I'm always thinking. I'm not into idolatry, so I'm, I don't believe just a mere man, and that means man or female, mankind. I don't, I don't see them as a god. So I believe some of the statements until I research further and then disagree. So that's what I'd like to see coming. Any other questions and comments at this time? So repeating it again, uh, Saturday on April 7th, we're going to go ahead and have a panel, and we're going to discuss the hearing patents, but um, they are listed on the internet, you guys. You can find them. Henry K. Puharich, finding out more about the sky, and... um, We're going to um, try to figure that out with this join. Any other questions? Anyone wants to come up? Let me. 
Let me go ahead if some of you want to look it up. The first patent was means for aiding hearing. It was filed uh, 9-25-1958. It is patent number 299-5633. The second patent, 10-23-62, is solid state hearing system, and it was filed 315-6787. Um, everyone, I'm sorry. Uh, at this time, we're going to go ahead and end the call. I had a family emergency. So, um, everyone, I'll be on Saturday at. Uh, 9 p.m., we're going to have a panel about Henry Poorich. We'll consider the patent surveys. And again, I apologize. Uh, but um, I'm having issues with my sister, and I think that's what propels me to get an answer and, and want to get rid of this stuff on our on this V2K. Okay. So with that, everyone, have a wonderful evening, and we will um, be ready to go then. Okay? Take it easy.